I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Carbon taxes are one thing policymakers and candidates often like to run on, even here in the state of Utah. A lot of people have latched onto that as a way to fight climate change, be responsible in the environment. But what are they exactly and how would they affect both the environment and the economy and each one of us? Uh, to help us break all of that down, of course, uh, Alex Morishanu is a federal analyst at the Tax Foundation and uh, has been on our program before. We always appreciate Alex's perspective on things. Alex, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Boyd. So, so let's jump in to, uh, at a kind of a baseline level in terms of we often hear this idea of a carbon tax. It sounds ominous and scary. Uh, but just for our listeners, just break it down. What exactly is a carbon tax? What does that look like? Well, so the idea is roughly uh, consistent with the name. It's a tax on uh, carbon emissions in in the economy. Now, uh, usually carbon taxes are administered what's called by economists upstream, which is to say where uh, carbon emissions actually occur in the economy. So think uh, big, you know, refineries and uh, big industrial operations. That's where carbon emissions tend to sort of come from. But uh, the economic impact is a lot broader because uh, those big industrial operations, well, they produce things that we use. Uh, So even though those are the people sort of paying the tax to the government, the impact is is felt more sort of broadly across the economy. And and so as you look at that, uh, obviously the carbon taxes burden is going to fall heavily on things that are just energy intensive to produce those kind of industries. Um, are, are going to be impacted there. So, from a, a policy standpoint, uh, what would that what would that look like? Who would that impact uh, the most? What would the impact be? I always look at how does this play out all the way to the end of the row, and does this end up hurting lower income households uh, disproportionately? Uh, so, I think it's important to sort of ask the question with a lot of environmental policy issues uh, generally, uh, which is sort of compared to what. So it is true that in isolation, you know, a carbon tax would have more of a negative impact on on lower income households. Now, there are a couple of caveats to that. The first is how is the revenue actually used? Mm. So uh, you can imagine that if the revenue is used to either um, expand sort of transfer payments or or, uh, a check to each household, which is something some uh, some countries do, would would sort of negate that negative impact on uh, on low-income households. It's sort of a flat check for every house. Uh, alternatively, sort of broader tax cuts could um, mitigate or eliminate that sort of regressive impact. And the second thing is to consider the impact of other environmental policies, of alternative environmental policies uh, on the economy and on low-income households. When you think about regulation, which sort of takes options off the table entirely takes sort of more carbon intensive options out of the market entirely that creates a lot less flexibility for people with um, limited finances um, 
And so there are many studies that have shown that regulations tend to be sort of much more regressive than carbon taxes. And then conversely, when you look at these subsidies that uh, have been the sort of default policy the U.S. federal government has taken to, uh, to dealing with climate change, when you think about um, tax credits for wind and solar production and investment or um, for purchasing electric cars, those tend to really end up going towards higher income households. So when you look at it in a vacuum, carbon taxes look regressive, but when you compare it to other policy options, it's a lot less so. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that you've uh, raised this idea of, of a lot of the subsidy things that we do in solar and electric cars, uh, that those tend to benefit uh, the wealthy uh, far more than they benefit uh, those at the lower end of the economic scale. And and I think that's important as we look at these kinds of policies uh, that we aren't looking at them in a vacuum, that we are looking at it across the board in terms of the, the real impact there. Um, so as you look at that moving forward, uh, we know this has been one that has has gotten some bipartisan uh, support. Utah Senator Mitt Romney uh, has been one who said, hey, we need to look at some sort of this. Um, other politicians are saying, you know, no, that's that's not the right answer. But is there anything brewing in Congress in terms of actually getting something like this on the table, uh, having a, a real debate out, about it out in front of the American people? Yeah, I think there's there's probably probably a little bit more movement than there was a, a couple years ago. But I think it's still it's still in the sort of a jury. I think about Hollywood. Maybe it's still in the development stage and not in the production, not in production yet. Um, I would say that, you know, I think I think everything seems it's a little bit far along right now. There's not no like sort of hot issue exactly now. But what I would say is that I think. With, you know, we've got inflation running out of control, really high deficits. And um, which, which makes it a lot harder to do sort of new spending. Um, and at the same time, policymakers have all these things that they want to accomplish. They have all these agenda items specifically related to the environment. Um, and they've got all these policy goals, but they don't have the money to achieve. Uh, and they don't have the fiscal space to achieve them. We are spending too much money as is. Right. Um, right. Carbon taxes are one of the only policies policy options out there that let you raise revenue, which helps fix or reduce the deficit problem, while at the same time helping address a sort of concrete policy issue uh, that you have on your agenda, namely in this in this carbon tax example, uh, climate change. So I think those sort of twin forces where you have policies you want to achieve, but you don't have money to do it, Carbon tax being the only sort of revenue source that's also a policy goal yes. uh, makes it makes it a ha, at least has some potential. Yeah, and I, and I do think that's interesting. Is it is one of those few things that you can say. Well, there actually is revenue uh, behind this uh, to help fund some of that, and uh, of course where that money goes and how it's uh, used, especially at the lower end of the economic scale. Again, in terms of the the benefits there, I, I think will really be the the proof in the pudding to be sure. Is there anything specific, or are there any specific bills uh, out there that you're keeping your eye on, or any members of Congress you're keeping your eye on? Uh, when it comes to ratcheting this thing forward? Well, as, as you mentioned, um, Senator R- Romney has spoken favorably of the idea, which is, is notable as he is um, 
you know, on the Republican side, and there are a handful of, of House members uh, who I believe have spoken positively about it uh, in the past. Um, but I think that the, the sort of exact components of legislation, I think, are still very much up in the air. And that's that's not something we're sort of right on the, on the precipice of. So um, I think we're still waiting and seeing uh, as far as as far as sort of the concrete um, components of, of what a carbon tax might look like, you know, hypothetically. All right. Alex Morishano is the uh, federal analyst at the Tax Foundation. Great insight. This is a, a complicated one, but it's one we're going to keep our eye on uh, to see how that plays out in the weeks and months ahead. Alex, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Boyd. All right. Some some really th- interesting things to, to look at. And uh, again, the interesting components in terms of who is bringing these kinds of ideas forward. What does the structure look like in terms of how that's collected and uh, and, and one of the things that I really appreciated that Alex brought up is that we, we often look at all of these things a little bit in a vacuum uh, in terms of who really benefits in the end. Uh, and as he pointed out, a, a carbon tax could, uh, unless very carefully structured, could impact uh, the poor and the most vulnerable the most when it comes to uh, costs of goods uh, and especially things around energy. Uh, just as the, when we look at things like uh, subsidies, uh, we always talk about subsidies so we can you know get more electric cars, and that without a doubt, without question, benefits the wealthy the most because they're the ones that can afford those kind of cars. Uh, but remember, part of the reason they're affording those cars is because of a government subsidy. And so uh, if you're complaining about Elon Musk, uh, you should complain about the government giving subsidies because all that subsidy money that wealthier people are using to then go buy those cars goes to Elon Musk. So we have to look at all these things in the broader perspective. Appreciate Alex Morishano giving us a look at that from the Tax Foundation. That wraps up hour number one on Inside Sources. More to come. Hour number two. Stay with us. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.